And you see, that's what moves mountains. It's not what comes necessarily out of your mouth, although that does have bearing on, on you. But what it is, is the emotions that, you, that even where people are concerned, every human being on the planet is emotionally connected to their own problems in life. Every single human. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the Odd Man. Well, greetings and salutations, folks. It's Audley Stevenson. I'm back with another edition of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. You've got a lock to the Audacious Living Podcast, and it continues to be my pleasure to be here and continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. This is episode 235 of the podcast, and it's great to have you join us. We open up the dialogue with a conversation around being fearless. Now, fear is something that we all can relate to, and it's something that every single one of us has experienced at some point in our lives. Uh, and it's for this reason why it makes so much sense that we welcome Randy Crane, aka the fearless marketer to the Audacious Podcast. Randy will discuss his personal journey that's gotten to this point, what emotional marketing it is, and the things that we can do to increase our confidence so we can combat fear. It's a great conversation. I'm sure you'll all enjoy. So without any further ado, here's my chat with Randy Crane. Enjoy. Hey, Randy, thank you for being here, joining me on the Audacious Living Podcast. It's such an honor and a privilege for you for, that you made some time. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. My pleasure, Oddly. Listen, man, I'm so excited about doing this podcast. You have no idea. This is going to be great. <laughs> awesome. Um, listen, I'm I'm always appreciative. Um, individuals want to come and spend some time talking about some really important stuff and things that matter to, to, to others. And on this podcast, we spend so much time talking about the importance of demonstrating boldness in their lives and being more audacious and and going after the things that are important to us and sure. I, I think within your work as a as, as a fearless marketer you understand a bit of that and and uh, so that's why it makes sense for you to be here so maybe as a starting point um, we can get you to sort of um, sort of talk about your your, your work I mean you, you're in sales but you're also understanding the importance of effective marketing. Um, and you call it fearless marketing. Let, let, let's, let's, I wonder if you could uh, un unpack that a bit for us. Sure, not a problem. You know, it's funny. I, um, you know, as we were talking about earlier, I, um, I was actually, my, my whole life, I wanted to be a priest. Okay. And, um, uh, I, you know, I went through all the steps to becoming a priest. And, you know, the long and the short of it is I spent some time in seminary. And I was about six weeks away from taking my vows. And I started asking questions of the church that, you know, they just weren't popular, let's just say. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was talking about the the actual history and, and the political times and things like that. And again, those are questions that they did, don't, don't like to answer. And um, But I, I figured I wasn't getting all the truth, at least not the truth that I wanted to hear. Okay. Okay. So in other words, I felt there was more to the story than what I was being taught. So 
um, we decided that I would put my vocation on hold for a little while and rethink about how I wanted to do things. And well, got to tell you something oddly, that was 40 years ago and I'm still rethinking. Okay. You're just taking your time. You're taking your time. I'm taking my time. And anyway, um, I needed to make money in the meantime. And my father was a great salesman. So I decided sales and marketing was kind of the thing I wanted to do. Didn't really know too much about marketing at the time, but I went and I got an education on it and read more books on it. And I'm, I'm a researcher. So, you know what, that whole concept was very, very common for me. Okay. So and that being said, I, uh, I started on this journey with, with marketing and sales and I, I found out that I was really quite good at it. And, um, what was interesting is that I kept my religious studies going at the same time and over a period of time, and I don't even know what time it was. It was just the two just kind of became one. And that's how emotion marketing was, was born for me. And it was born through an insight. Okay. Um, like an epiphany, you know, I woke up one day and I thought, all my religious teachings, they've always taught me to, um, like prayer, you know, get down on your knees, put your hands together and talk to God. Mm -hmm. Well, I found out something. God's not listening. So when does God listen? Well, God listens when the thought in your mind meets the emotion in your heart when the two become one ask the mountain to move and it will move but if you're not emotionally connected to your prayer if you're not emotionally connected with anything it's not going to materialize in your life because you need that that impulse got you you know, oddly, it's like falling in love. Do you remember that feeling? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely, man. You know what? And when I think about it, when I think about my wife, Lori, I get a smile on my face because she is, it's such a fantastic feeling. And you see, that's what moves mountains. It's not what comes necessarily out of your mouth, although that does have bearing on, on you. But what it is, is the emotions that, you, that even where people are concerned, every human being on the planet is emotionally connected to their own problems in life. Every single human. Right. So Emotion, Emotions matter. Clearly. What oh, without a doubt. I think the emotions, the, the thought and the emotion coming together is a huge electrical charge. Mm. And, and this is what causes things to happen. At least I've found that in my life. You know, it, it's very simple. You know, it, like attracts like. Yes, yes. And I know people hear that all the time, you know, law of attraction and all this sort of thing. But, you know, the secret. But it really does. But it's not a question of saying, well, I really like this or I really love this. You got to feel it. It's like people that use the word gratitude or I love you. You know, they'll say, oh, hey, oddly, I love you. Oh, yeah, I love you, too. We've replaced emotions with words. 
I'm very grateful. Thank you very much. But are you grateful? Or are you just giving gratitude? It's the difference between the word and the feeling. We've replaced feelings with words. And in order for gratitude to have an effect on your life, it has to return to the feeling. And when you feel gratitude in your life, like attracts like, you'll just get more of that. But if you're one of those people who go through life, oh, you know, my, my, I, I only have bad luck. You know, my, my life is terrible. You know, well, you're exactly right. You're going to get more of that. So if you don't like that, if you don't want that, change who you are. Right. No, I get it. So, so help, help me, um, and, and thank you for that, because that, that's really profound in terms of, and I love the way you've bro broken that down to make it digestible and understandable. So, so, so tell me how you've been able to use that insight uh, and, and build it into your, into your marketing work and your sales work. Well, you know, and again, for me, this was a huge thing. Um, but I can't, do you mind if I tell a story? By all means. Kind of funny story. I, um, back in 1992, when I started my business, mm -hmm. um, I was like Randy Crane, the marketing guy back then. And um, I was so broke, man. I mean, I was so broke. And this guy, I, I answered an ad for a guy. This is long before the internet was what it is today. So back in those days, we were still answering newspaper ads, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, this guy was looking for a guy to help him with his marketing. I was a young guy at the time. I go to meet him and uh, met him and his wife. And we started talking. And I, and I went with the company. And I thought it was great because at least this guy's paying me. Okay. So I went there and he said to me, he says, okay, so this is your first day at work. He says, I want you to sit and shut up. And I, I want you to watch what I do. Okay. So I watched what he did. And this guy did the worst marketing campaigns in the world. I mean, this guy had lots of money. And he would do three or four campaigns a year. But each one of those would fail. And I mean fail. Like, I mean zero sales. He couldn't understand it. But he would send, he would send his copy over to the newspaper to run the ad and the copy was so bad they would turn around and say listen we can't run this we're not allowed to use that kind of language <laughs> okay like this guy was just horrible so one day this is after three years of this yeah okay and i finally said to him i said look you know i can't do this with you um this is painful for me because you're just going through money like crazy and i don't need to tell you you know what marketing campaigns can be expensive so he turns around. He said, well, what do you suggest? I said, well, why don't you turn it over to me and let me give it a try. He says, no, no, no. He says, you're just a stupid kid. You don't know what you're doing. I said, okay. So I went to his wife and his wife talked to him. And she Finally, she got him convinced. You got to give Randy a try at it because you're doing nothing. So he turns around and he says, um, all right, I'll give you a shot at it. But when it fails, you pay. Okay. And I said, okay. If it fails, I'll pay. So I did it at the marketing campaign, got it all ready. Newspaper, radio, we're doing the whole thing here. 
Yep. Uh, I think we did some magazine work. And over a period of 90 days, we did, I, I think we did a 300 plus thousand, which was a hugely successful campaign. This guy's done zero up to this point. Right, right, right. So the campaign was a huge success. He comes back to me and he says to me, you know what? You're fearless. He says, you're the fearless marketer. Love it. And that name stuck. I changed the name of the company. And I've continued working with him until 2002. Okay. And in 2002, he passed away. Mm. And his name was uh, Weiss. German fella. Okay. Matter of fact, he didn't like me because I wasn't German. Okay? Like, it was just crazy. But you know what? It's one of the things that really kind of stick out in my head. And that's how that was all, how it all came about. But um, you know what? And, and ever since then, that's what I've stuck with. Yes, sir. Tell, tell me, what, what, what part of you, what, when he came up with fearless, what, what, what did he see in you that made him think you're fearless? The fact that he, I asked him that question one time, and he said to me, it was the fact that if the campaign failed, you were going to pay. And you had enough confidence in yourself to do it anyway. Gotcha. And you see, you know, everybody, don't get me wrong, everybody gets scared. Sure. Every Fear is something that is never going to go away. It's not, all you're going to have to do is replace it. And as soon as you replace fear with something else, then there'll be something else for you to be fear, afraid of. Right. Fear can't live in a, in a confident environment. It can't. So how do we become confident? Yes, great question. Two ways. Okay. One is knowledge. Okay. The more you learn, the more you understand, and the more you take action on it, the more knowledge you get. The more knowledge you get, makes you more confident. Gotcha. And when you're confident in who you are and what you do, it changes the complexity of your life. And I think, you know, and this is why people, you know, I see this with marketing people all the time. Marketing people do um, the same things over and over again. They'll, they'll turn around, they'll put out a campaign. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, oh, I didn't get anything on that. Well, let me change it again. And they start right from scratch and they do it all over again. When that may not be what the problem is. What I normally do is I'll turn around and take a campaign. I'll put it out there. And I'll, when it comes back and I get nothing or I get little, I turn around and I look at the campaign and say, mm, what can I do differently? And then what I do is I try to fix the problems. Everybody wants to start always start back from scratch. Well, when you start from scratch, you're picking up right at the beginning again. Right, right. Okay? Um, that's not good accountability of your time and your client's money. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the reasons why A-B testing is such a, an important factor. Okay? It, it gives you something to compare. Right. I agree. I agree. I, 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 I do like the, the, the conversation 
around confidence. And while the, although we're talking about it within the context of sales and marketing, it really can have profound impacts on our entire lives. If you really think about mm. it, like, like absolutely like developing our confidence can help us do just about anything. Can it not? And, and it does. You see, it, you know, I, I used to tell a story about a welder. Okay. And a welder, it's kind of interesting because this guy um, just came out of school and he took a welding course. What does he know about welding? A little bit, maybe. So he reads a book. Is he a welder? No. He's just a guy who wants to be a welder who read a book. Right. Now, when does he become a welder? When he takes the information that he has and he applies it to his craft. So he takes his welding rod and he welds two pieces of steel together. Right. Is he a welder? Okay. Maybe a little bit. But he keeps doing it and he keeps practicing it over and over and over and over again. And he becomes good at it. Is he a welder? Yeah, he can put two pieces of metal together. He's a welder. Is he a great welder? Probably not. But he practices and practices and practices. And then he goes from being a poor welder to a good welder, from a good welder to a great welder, from a great welder to an expert welder. Where along the timeline does the fear go away and the confidence take over? Well, it happens between the good and the great. Because we, as individuals, we compare ourselves constantly. Right. We compare ourselves with everybody else. We say, Oh, well, you know what? I'm a good welder compared to this guy. Or I'm a bad welder. Whoops, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I just, I'm a bad welder compared to this guy. Right. But when you become a great welder, you stop comparing. The day you stop comparing is the day you have the confidence to stand on your own. Mm. So it's a practice. It's not the practice of welding, although that's part of it, but it's that daily practice of moving from bad to good to great. And and it's a process that's not going to happen today. And it's probably going to happen when you don't realize it happened. It's not going you're not going to get a little light bulb that goes on in your head that says I'm confident today. And I think that's I, I think that's where people get lost. You see, we live in a world, oddly, where you know everything is instantaneous. Fast food, fast, fast internet, fast emails, everything is fast. Okay. Fear is not fast. Confidence is not fast. Education is not fast, but we want it fast. I want it fast. I want it now. Uh-uh. This isn't the matrix yet. They can't just download it into your brain. You got to do the work. You have to do the self-work. 
So, so um, it, it's clear that confidence is, is is all the world, Randy. It makes the biggest difference for us. And uh, um, you, you know, you talk, you talked about comparison, and it's really interesting with comparison because there are times in our lives where it <coughs> where we're we're looking at others can be beneficial to us, right? But it's, when, but it's when we sort of gauge and 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 make decisions based on where others are at like okay they have this so i gotta get that that's where it gets dangerous but to me it feels like there's a fine line between the two is there not there there absolutely is look i mean you know i i'm a i'm i'm a podcast guest and as i told you uh i'm new to this right and um what's kind of interesting is that you know just with retrospect to what you're saying you know, I, I look at guys like Russell Brunson or I look at guys like Anthony Robbins and I think, oh, my God, like these guys are like huge. Right. OK, I'm nothing like them. No. Will I ever be an Anthony Robbins? Probably not. OK, he's better looking and has more hair. But um, <laughs> what it is, is that I can watch what he does. And I can watch what Russell does. Yes. I can watch what others do and take those, those things that they do that I really like and I can adapt. And that's one of the great things about being human is that we can adapt from different things. But if I create a direct comparison between myself and Anthony Robbins, okay, Chances are I'm I'm just not going to cut the grade, not mm. cut the grade in the fact that I'm not as good as or 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 I'm better than. It's it's not what he's done; it's what I've done to me. Right. This is self sabotage. Understanding and most people, and I say most people, people in general, do this. They'll turn around and say, "Oh my God." That guy's such a wonderful actor, and I'm I'm just not a good actor anymore because they're comparing one on one. But if you look, you know, maybe a good example here is um, a friend of mine is um, a snowboarder, and you know he did a video last year, and he's going down the slopes, and he's just on this board, and you know he does flips and he does turns, and I'm thinking, wow, man. This guy is so great. Right. So I get on the phone with him and I said, Frank, I said, man, you're just amazing at this. He says, thank you. He says, you know, he says, it turned out to be a good video. I said, yeah. I said, it's great. You must be the best in the world. He says, well, you know what, Randy? He says, you're looking at that and you're seeing the finished product. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? He says, you're not seeing the times that I ran into a telephone call. You don't see the times that I, I, I went and did a flip and landed on my butt. He right. said, you don't see the times that, you know what, I skied off course. Okay. And, you know, or I went off, uh, I went off a ridge. Right. You know, you don't see the broken bones of the years of broken bones that I, that I, to get me here. Right. And you see, and this is, I think, one of the important factors. It's practice. You have to practice being human. You look, 
we we are all come into the world the same way. Sure. Okay. Your parents teach you values. They teach you morals. They teach you the programs that you need to be in a family, to live in society. Yes. But as we get older, those programs that are ingrained in our subconscious mind, many of them don't serve us anymore. Mm -hmm. So how do you change that? Well, there's two ways to change it. Hypnosis will change. Okay, self-hypnosis, and I I can attest to it, it works. Yep. You know, the three minutes that you get up in the morning, sit on the side of your bed and start planning your day. That's called theta. And you get to theta just when you wake up in the morning. And it happens for three minutes just before you go to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And I plan my day and I plan my night. And I do that every day. Now, does that foolproof? No. The other way is practice. You want to be a different person. You want to have different views. You want to learn different things. Right. Practice it. Do it every single day because your ego inside you will turn around and say, no, 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 no. You're not going to, oddly, you're not going to do that. You're going to do this because this is the way we always do it. Right, right. Yeah. And you're going to say, oh, okay. And then you're going to go on and the program will kick over. Until you turn around and say, no, you're going to sit there and I'm going to run the show mm -hmm. and I'm going to do this. And when you do it, it's going to fight you. Yes. And then you're going to have to do it again and it's going to fight you and it's going to keep fighting you until it gives up. Until the thing that you're doing becomes the norm. And then it goes, oh, this must be the new norm. Okay, we're going to do that now. Right. You know, I, I have a client and I talk to him like, you got this guy in your head mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's telling you what to do. Yes, yes. Okay. We all got him, right? <laughs> oh, buddy, I'll tell you something. What a, and mine is loud. Okay. He's loud and he's obnoxious. Okay. And... But you see, most people, they don't, they think, oh, well, you have, uh, oh, oddly, you have such a big ego. And they look at that as a bad thing. Mm. That's not really what the ego is at all. The ego is that little voice that keeps you in line. Yeah, It keeps the programs and the subconscious mind running. Okay. You know, I was watching a video by uh, Dr. Uh, Bruce Lipton. He said that by the time you're 35 years of age, 95% of your life is a program. And all it does is keep running programs over and over and over again. And the interesting part about it is he said that people want their lives to change. And they can't understand why it doesn't. Right. You make 80,000 thoughts a day. The interesting part about those 80,000 thoughts is that 90% of those thoughts were the same thoughts you had yesterday. Mm. So yeah. you've got 5 to 10% of your thoughts that have changed, but 95% is the program. Yes. That's about breaking and that. Wonder why pe people wonder why their lives don't change. 
you know, it, and like I said, meditation, I mean, for me, meditation has been a huge thing. Good. Okay. And I think meditation is something that everybody should do. Yeah, I, 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 I do see the value in, in meditating and, and putting yourself in a state of calmness. Um, there's so much to be said about being calm, what that can do in terms of helping us make uh, right, non-emotional decisions, if you will. Um, you know, oftentimes when we're not in that state of calmness and we're making decisions out of, you know, fear or uh, other some other emotion that doesn't serve us, the decisions don't often end up being the best ones. Oh, you know, I would agree with that. And, um, you know, the one thing that I've found through my years of study is that human beings are not capable of making logical decisions. Mm. Human beings make emotional decisions and then they rationalize it and reason with it afterwards, which causes... which which causes it to be logic yes the emotion is what drives the decision always has always will okay it's the emotions that drive our decisions nothing more so when people turn around like i'm sure your dad told you the same thing as my dad told me oddly you need to start making logical decisions <laughs> did your dad ever tell you that sure yeah my dad did too and the problem is is that human beings aren't capable of that so that story that my dad told me and your dad told you was wrong. Not that he was wrong, but he didn't know any better. I grew up in a household where, you know, men are men and women are weak. That's not true either. You know what I'm saying? I hear you loud and clear. In fact, yeah. and, there's uh, lots of programming that we have in us that you know, we, 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 we just operate based on that. And you said, like you talked earlier about, you know, no, no um, original thoughts, you know, we're repeating our thoughts over and over again. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, Don't I, get me wrong. Even though I'm aware of it. Yeah. I still do it. Sure. Sure. It's, well, it's, it's, it's a human thing. To, it's, I think it's a function of being human. It's going to happen. It is. I think what needs to, how, how we deal with that or address that is we first off, like, so conversations like this, we're building our awareness. We're aware of it, right? And that allows us to know and recognize when it happens. And then once we're able to make that distinction between who we are and our thoughts, like we're, they're not one and the same, right? No. Our thoughts of our thoughts, that don't define us. And once we can make that separation, we then have the ability to know that we're the one controlling our thoughts and we can change them if we want to. You know what? It's like when people turn around, they say to you, Oh, oddly, I just didn't have a choice. You ever heard that? Yeah, yeah. Buddy, you always got a choice. True. It may be bad and bad. It might be bad and worse. Right. But you know what? You always got the choice. And to me, I look at that as long as I know I have the choice, I can always make a better choice. Yes. All right? People think they don't have the choice. Right. And it's not because... It's not because they're silly. The point is they're just not aware. Yes. They're not awake. You know? And I refer back to my dad because my dad was a very um, influential part of my life. But he would say to me, you know, Randy, go out and get a job. Work for that company for the next 35, 40 years. They'll give you a gold watch and you'll get a pension. Right. 
my dad worked till he was 62 years old, died when he was 63. Mm. Okay. That life sucked. Right. Now, regardless, the point that I'm making is, is this is a man who did that very thing. Is that life? Is that is that a life worth living? Maybe it is. Maybe it was for him, but it was certainly not for me. Mm. And you see, those rules that he gave me don't apply anyway. Right. You know, even when you do get a pension, it's not guaranteed you're going to get it. Okay. So the point, I guess, to all of this is, is that people have to take responsibility in their own life, in their own life, not for their own life. Yes. But in their life. You know, I'm a great believer that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm. Okay. And from all of the teachings that I've learned in ancient uh, religious texts, you know, that supersede the, the Bible by thousands of years, every, every one of them, including the Bible says that. Okay. And I look at it and I think, well, you know, and I, again, oddly, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but, you know, if I were a spirit, spiritual being, what does chocolate smell like? What is a bur what does a burger taste like? You know? So I think that's why we have the body. But what is the body? The uh, body is the unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. It gets into a practice of doing things. And sometimes those practices need to be upgraded. Right. You know, it's like upgrading a program in your computer. You copy one out, put another one in. But if you don't change it, it'll just keep running the same program over and over and over again. Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I think that's where, that, that, that going back to the point I made earlier about, uh, you know, making a distinction or separation between those thoughts and who we are, because uh, that can put us on that pathway to, to, to making that change. Um, oh, yeah. Talked about. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this has been good, Randy. I, I, I really do appreciate um, the, the, the dialogue and really breaking things down. Um, uh, you know, you, 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 talk, you talked earlier about you know, tools uh, that we can use to, to be fearless and combating fear and certainly confidence um, is, is a big one. Uh, is, is there another one that you could share that you think our listeners would appreciate? Uh, yeah. You know, think about the results you get in your life. You be, you know, people say, well, you know what? I get bad results. Okay. I'm not happy. Um, this doesn't work out for me. That doesn't work out for me. It's not always the actions you take that causes the problem. It's the way you think. Because what you think causes what you feel, and what you feel causes more of what you think. And if like attracts like, you're getting exactly what you want. The universe will always deliver to you. God will always deliver to you exactly what you want. So when you say, oh, my God, my life is so terrible. Oh, my God, this person just did me wrong. You're right. That person did do you wrong. Congratulations. Here's some more.
it doesn't work the way we think it it should work it right. works differently from that yes when you say things like my life is so bad you're right your life is so bad here's some more bad life for you <laughs> but it's easier to look at the bad than it is to look at the good yes. so but when you change it and you say ah you know what man my life is so great i love my life man i just made a new friend with oddly stevenson and man i'm so grateful Okay, and you feel that in your heart. When you feel that, then they say, you know what? You have made a good friend with me. Let me introduce you to this guy. Let me introduce you to that guy. It, that works. it will deliver more for you. God will deliver exactly what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, if you, yeah. <laughs> but man, if you keep doing the same old, same old, oh, yeah. my life sucks. Oh, my you know what my wife left me and i i think she and she's with my best friend i mean you know what yeah here's some more here's some more <laughs> get a hold so the feedback to this is very simple and the practice is simple when you feel bad what is it going to take to make you feel good gotcha great question stop make a new choice yeah, i love it i love it Randy, honestly, I think that th th those are some great strategies and, um, you know, r really how you view the world and, and how you think about the world. Uh, again, because our, our brains are powerful. They can really uh, send us down the right path or the wrong path and we let it. Um, we have to recognize that we're the ones in control of our thoughts. And once we can do that, and, and sort of master that. And it's an ongoing process. Like, you know, neither you and I are sitting here as, as thought experts and can control our thoughts yeah. all the time, right? It's, it's a natural function of being human that we're going to let our thoughts run away with us. Um, but being able to reel them in is the key. And that's where we oh. have the control of. So, and, and, just, and again, that comes from being aware. Yes. It comes from just, you know, wake up, wake up. And realize the power that you control. Yes, yes. You know, we're 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 oversaturated with bad news. Sure, we are. Go on TikTok. Go on Facebook. This person's bitching about that person, or this yep. person. You know, we watch the newspaper. We listen to politics. Yes. Um. There's no good news in politics. It's only <laughs> bad news, man. That's right. That's right. There's no, you know, I stopped reading the newspaper in 1988 because I couldn't stand. It's bad news. Sure. My dad. All the time. My dad, your dad watched the six o'clock news, right? Yeah. News, I, yeah. You know what? I can't watch that stuff because you know what? It's depressing. Right. right. You know, people say, well, how, how do you get out of it? Yeah. Well, you know what? You you train yourself. Yep. You train right. yourself just like a dog. That's right. You train yourself not to do it. And when you do that, your life will change. Awesome. Randy, that 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 is a fabulous point point to close on. I think you, you nailed it right on in terms of how we make changes in our lives. And uh, it does start with us making the conscious decision first. We become self-aware, make the decision, and then actually do it. I think that's a great point to close on. Absolutely. I appreciate, it. I, I appreciate you taking the time. This has been great. 
man. Um, yeah, it's been great fun. with you too, Bell. Yeah, I know yeah, for sure. For our listeners who wanted to catch up with you or learn more about your work, how they can connect with you, where can we send them? Uh, listen, uh, email me at randy at fearlessmarketer.com. I answer all my emails. Yeah. If you go to my website and you want to pick up the phone, give me a call. I usually answer the phone. And um, But I'm on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can reach me there as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Listen, Randy, I think you're doing a fantastic job. I appreciate the insights today and, 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 and keep up the great work, my friend. Oddly, thank you so much for having me on your show. I hope you're going to invite me back. Sure, anytime. You say the All word, right. I got you. You know what? I, I love the conversation. I, I do as well, too. I think it's fabulous and um, important ones, too. Where, you know, we're not just you know shooting up airy-fairy stuff. These are things that are important and matter to people's lives. And so thank you for being part of the conversation, Randy. My pleasure, my friend. Take care. Back we're here on the podcast. Much thanks and appreciation goes out to Randy for stopping by and enlightening us on dealing with fear, having that right mindset, and building our confidence. If you're interested in connecting with Randy directly or learning more about his work, you certainly can go to his website. Uh, of course, the, the link to his uh, appropriate contacts is located in the show notes so you can find us there, find him there as well. So, Randy, thanks again for being on the podcast. You know, I really appreciate the entire conversation I had with Randy, but there's just one thing I take from the chat. It has to be this. Fear is a powerful emotion that can hold us back from reacting, reaching our full potential. Whether it's a fear of failure, fear of rejection, or the fear of the unknown, these feelings can prevent us from pursuing our goals and dreams. However, by building our confidence, we can learn to overcome these fears and take positive steps towards a more fulfilling life. Let's explore the importance of confidence in overcoming fear and discuss practical strategies for building and maintaining confidence in the face of adversity. Now, let's first get started by understanding what confidence is. When we're confident, we, we trust in our capacity to handle the challenges and believe in our potential for success. This self-assurance is essential for overcoming fear as it provides the resilience and determination needed to confront and conquer our, our anxieties. Establishing achievable goals and working toward them can significantly boost our confidence. Start with small manageable objectives and celebrate each step along the way. As you achieve these milestones, your confidence will naturally grow. Avoid avoiding fear only reinforces it. Instead, confront your fears in a gradual, controlled manner. By exposing yourself to what you fear, you can desensitize yourself to it and build confidence in your ability to cope. Surround yourself with positive, supportive individuals who encourage your growth and journey. Seek out mentors, friends, or family members who believe in your potential. Their encouragement can bolster your confidence during challenging times. Building confidence is a transformative process that empowers us to confront our fears and pursue our ambitions with courage. By embracing self-acceptance, setting realistic goals, facing our fears, and cultivating a supportive mindset, we can bolster our confidence and overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Remember, confidence is not a fixed trait. It can be nurtured and strengthened over time. With patience and perseverance, you can harness the power of confidence to conquer fear and live a more audacious life. 
We've sadly come to the end of another episode of the Audacious Living Podcast. And as always, I, I send my thanks and appreciation to all those lovers of Audaciousness for their ongoing tremendous support. Uh, it's you folks that keep us going. And for that, I say thank you. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevens.